We Teach Clay, a podcast for ceramic teachers looking to share ideas and to connect. My name is Julie Newman, and I am your host. Welcome back. My next guest is from Orange County, California. She is a ceramics teacher with a lot of enthusiasm and moxie. In this episode, she discusses making our online assignments relevant and not just busy work. She gives excellent samples of unit concepts and big ideas that you can take to develop your own curriculum. So let's jump into our interview with Isabel Gray. All right, today I am here with Isabel Gray. Uh, Welcome to the show. Welcome to We Teach Clay. Thank you. I'm so happy to have this opportunity. Yes, and we know each other. We actually we've Thank met you. at I think two Ensicas now, uh, mm-hmm. but really got to spend a lot of time at last year's Ensica uh, in right. Minneapolis. Is that where it was? Yeah, yep. Minneapolis. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so tell me a little bit about uh, where you teach, how many students you have, what classes you teach, so that we can get a picture of what your day is like. Okay, so I teach at Tustin High School, um, which is in California. And um, I have four periods of ceramics. Um, and my numbers are a little bit lower right now. But when I started, I had 38, uh, 38 to 41 kids per class in those four ceramics classes. Then I also teach two ceramic studio classes, which are my intermediate classes. And those have similar numbers. Yeah. And then, But one of those classes is a mix between ceramic studio, the intermediate class, and my advanced AP class. And I have uh, 14 kids in that AP class. Oh, that's so nice. Yeah. And then demographics of my uh, my school, it's a Title I school. So um, 71, 72% are free and reduced lunch. So okay. it's, yeah, so that gives an idea. Now, yeah. you alluded that your class sizes are smaller. Did something happen? Well, you know, as kids don't do so well in classes, ah. they go to alternative learning places. <laughs> I got you. So yeah. by a natural course of life, your mm-hmm. outrageously high numbers have kind of dwindled to a more reasonable number now? Right. Yes. Because okay. a lot of uh, students have had to transfer to alternative learning options. Because I remember seeing uh, several posts from you and and I was chiming in as well at the beginning of the year that you were Mm -hmm. a little overwhelmed by what was happening as far as scheduling your classes, the student bodies and the desks. I was. And I ended up having to talk to, I think, the president of my my union Mm -hmm. because they thought that because I I was on six-fifth, so I taught six periods instead of five-fifth, I signed that contract. Right. But because I did that, they thought that I waived all of my rights to class sizes for some reason. When no, that just means that it's prorated based on your extra contract. Right. So anyways, they were very unclear. And so I've, I had to finally like go all the way to the president of the union to clarify it, which was frustrating because I'm still a new teacher. I'm like, why don't people understand it? Right. So, right. But yeah. Now, when you say new teacher, because I know you've been teaching for a few years. What, how long have you been teaching? This is my fifth year. Yeah. Okay, good. So, so new, newer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but newer. yeah, I would say when I've talked to you, you seem seasoned. You you have a great education background in ceramics, and I think right. you are a naturally born teacher. So uh, you, you have slid right into, I think, where you're supposed to be. Do you feel that way? Yeah, I do. Um, I started doing ceramics when I was 12. Uh, 
Mm-hmm. So um, I've been doing it for majority of my life. I'm, I'm 31 now. So I've been doing it for years and I have my BFA in ceramics. Mm-hmm. Um, and then along when I was going to school, I was teaching swimming lessons. Okay. So I started teaching swimming lessons when I was 12, 13. And although it's not related to clay, you still know how to talk to people and be patient and the basics of teaching someone and being clear with your language and stuff. And so I think that it all just melded together pretty well. Yeah, definitely. I could see that. Mm-hmm. I absolutely could see that. Okay. So uh, as we're beginning this podcast, I was uh, going to start at Ensika and have real life conversations about what we're doing in our classrooms. Uh, mm-hmm. But that has changed. And now the hustle has been put on in a different way for us to share because we're moving our curriculum online. So right. can you tell me a little bit about where you are in this? How long have you been online? Because I, I believe your spring break was somewhere in these weeks. And mm-hmm. then um, t- tell us what your first assignments are in this okay. new online situation. Okay. Well, I'll start off by saying like, Um, my school already is a one-to-one school. It has been since I started. So all of my students um, are very uh, well-versed in technology. And it's an expectation that at the beginning of the year, we all had a Google Classroom already set up. So Are they Chromebooks or tablets? uh, They're um, they're this... uh, Like laptop-looking? Yeah, they're the lap... It's the one with the removable, though, keyboard. Like the Uh-oh. Surface Pro. Oh, the Surface, surface Pro. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, the Surface Pros. So That's like a hybrid. <laughs> yeah, like a hybrid. So like both. Um, and it has the touch screen where you can even write on it with a stylus and everything. Okay. So um, so yeah, um, so that expectation has always been there to utilize technology like Google Classroom. So that was already set up. So okay. that was nice. So that part. Gotcha. Was easier. Okay. Um I, I've been teaching, I would, we just ended um, spring break. So I haven't really, this is my second day or third day of teaching online, but that spring break didn't feel like spring break because I was so anxious over what, what I was going to do, how I was going to organize the curriculum, like how I didn't even have chance to get ha- clay into the hands of my kids. My district was really slow at letting us know if we were going to close or not. Right. So I was pretty restless. I could not really enjoy spring break. Oh, what a bummer. <laughs> but it's okay. Did you actually do the work or just worry about the work? I just worried about it. Cause I was like, <laughs> no, I'm supposed to be on spring break. I shouldn't be working, but I was just worried about it. I should have just sat down and like focused. I hear you. But, you know? I hear you. But with the nature of what's been going on, it's been changing every single day. So like my district was having a hard time understanding like what the expectations were going to be for us. So Absolutely. I mean, I can understand that too. Yeah. And I think we went from like a short-term shutdown to now a longer-term shutdown to a, I don't know if we're coming back at all shutdown, but I we still don't know. So we're just kind of, right. I think uh, I, the teachers have been saying, and I think administrators are saying, and uh, the whole world is saying, we're just, we just have to be flexible. Mm-hmm. We just have to be right. flexible. So tell me, um, what was your first assignment then this week? What did you publish out to your students on Google Classroom on Monday? Okay, so this is, um, since this is the first week, I was thinking, all right, let's just like warm up. Let's get used to using this technology. Let me get used to seeing myself videotaped, like seeing (laughs) my voice replay over and over again on these videos. Um, So what was set up is, as all teachers are expected to have um, basically a welcome video, 
that basically explains the structure of how we're going to be doing things. Um, and then after that, we have to post something about netiquette. Okay. So how to properly um, navigate online learning. And then we have to have open office hours. So just setting that up took some time to right. figure out how I wanted that to be. Um, so on Google Classroom, that's posted. It's under essential info. Uh, I don't use a stream because it's annoying. So I just do the one tab that I forgot. Classwork, what it says, the classwork. Classwork. Yeah. I just use I'm with one. you. <laughs> uh, the stream is, drives me nuts. Yeah. So if you don't you can, know, for our listeners, if you are yeah. using Google Classroom and you're new and you don't know how to disable the stream, Google search it and look at a video. Yeah. Right. You can disable it. So, so that's what I have set up. And um, for, for the um, office hours, basically the ex expectation is that two hours a day, we are open for students to uh, reserve 15 minutes time slots for individual um, Google Meet video chats. Okay. So, so you have to figure that out. They're allowing flexibility with that. You can split those hours up. You could do a certain amount of time this day, a certain amount of time that way. They're pretty flexible with it, but the expectation is that we have two hours per day for it. So you have almost what 200 students, 150, 200 students. Yeah, and that that's only eight students a day that you can meet with, right? right? Mm -hmm. And so over so, the course of five days, that's like less than half of your students could even get access to you during those office hours. Is that a concern, or have well, you? Well, no. Well, not so much because I I feel like the only people that are really using the office hours as of right now are just my advanced students uh -huh. that are really freaking out about wanting to do projects. I think that the office hours, the my ceramics kids don't really need it so much because the way that I'm structuring the lesson, I'm giving them so much information that if they have a question, it's not gonna be a video chat question, you gotcha. know, where they need a one on one. Yeah. yeah, it's gonna be like a quick email, quick comment on an assignment, something like that. They're not gonna really need the one on one. Good. I did have like, <laughs> this is funny. I have a student that hasn't been turning in work like all semester. Like she's she's SDC, so she's mild mod. Mm -hmm. uh, and her grandma, like on Friday before even spring break, was like, "Hey, I noticed that she has all these missing assignments. Can I talk to you about how to make up all these assignments?" So I was like, "Wow!" Oh. Like I actually liked it because I was like, "Wow, parents are getting involved more right. than they ever have before." They're really seeing what's going on. So it was kind of cool. I was able to talk face to face video yeah. chat with her and it That's was so cool. great. Yeah, yeah. And I think you're, you're totally right. At least I can feel I have, I have three little boys and they all are getting work sent home from their school and I'm now their teacher. And so yeah. we, as a now mommy teacher, we're mm -hmm. crossing off everything as we do it. And so I, I think grandparents or parents, you know, whoever's in charge, that accountability partner uh, is, I think, increasing for some students. For some, for others, they're, they're having less accountability. We were their only accountability and now they've got, right. you know, floundering. But that's a whole nother podcast, but we'll, we'll yeah. talk, <laughs> yeah, we're talking about more true. tools for teachers, uh, but right, we'll, right, right. we'll talk about those uh, students and how to, re how to reach them um, as we continue if we can. So um, one question I did want to ask you is, uh, what do you want your students to learn now that you're shifting away from the actual manipulating clay every day? Um, how are you designing your curriculum? Okay, so as of right now, I want to keep, um, I don't, Okay, so let me backstory. When I was in eighth grade, I took this art class and I failed. 
I was oh amazing. God. I loved art. Yeah. I loved it. But I failed like my eighth grade art class. I'm shocked. And the, re- <laughs> and the reason why is because all the assignments were busy work. Oh. Like little this, little that, things that just felt kind of annoying to do. Yeah. Um, so I think as teachers, it's it's really hard because we think we just want to give them these fun assignments to do. But the reality is some, some a lot of students might not be into it if they don't understand the why behind it, right? right? Like, well, why am I doing this? Why am I doing this? So my focus when I'm designing my curriculum is going to still to be focusing on big ideas that are important to their lives now. Mm-hmm. So for example, the first lesson that I'm going to do with my ceramics class is I'm going to talk about beauty. And I'm going to talk about how we can find beautiful things in mundane life. So around them in their environment, I want them to find beautiful things that they don't appreciate always, but the fact that they're in their homes and their environments, how they can find that beauty. So, so that's going to be the first part of it. And looking at artists that do the same thing. I think ceramics is all about that too. I mean, ceramics, we're, we're, we're putting so much attention to a mundane object. Mm -hmm. So there's some lessons that, uh, you know, are definitely transferable to ceramics particularly as well. Um, in addition to that, like uh, some of the quick assignments that I see a lot of people doing is finding art from trash. Well, yeah. w- what's the big idea behind that though? Right. It's finding beauty in that trash. So it's important to front load the students with understanding why we're actually doing it. So I'm going to really take the time to try to do that for them. No, I think that's great. That's great. Um, like right now, I think a lot of uh, things that I found online are, uh, and across the board, not specifically with ceramics, are talking about daily sketches or daily mm-hmm. sculptures. Uh, one of our, Mike Flowers spoke about that as well, just just to keep the students creating. But right. maybe we need to backstep that and give them a bigger picture so they just don't think that they're just filling their day or filling that moment with just a quick sketch, that it has a bigger mission or bigger idea. Right. And, and that's why, I mean, I think there, don't get me wrong. I think there's beauty in creating, there's happiness in making, Right. but we have to balance it. We have to balance that amazing quality of making with also the why, Mm -hmm. because this is an awesome opportunity for this, like to have them appreciate the things around them. So I kind of feel like we need to take advantage of it. Absolutely. Have Mm -hmm. you um, started to outline any other of those big ideas or those why questions outside of how do we find beauty? Um, Well, I've, I've been uh, taking my just starting my online master's program through Eastern Illinois University. Mm -hmm. And so I am starting to um, break down big ideas for all of my classes. So, for example, um, so there was a video that I found on YouTube that talked about some of the importance of art. And one of the things is beauty because it gives you hope. Mm-hmm. Okay. The next one is struggle so that it provides empathy, you know, okay. empathize. You can empathize with artists like sad songs and right. stuff like that. Like why do artists make sad songs? Right. The next one is communication, you know, like trying to tell a story. And another one is uh, like propaganda, like trying to influence opinions. Um, and I forgot the next ones. No, these are, but I mean, I'm like writing these down so fast because like, oh, this is <laughs> yeah, but these units end up being like several weeks because you can break them down into a lot of different assignments. So they end up being, oh, I did a, uh, for the actual class, I did a unit on play. 
so the importance of playing and in order to increase creativity and also happiness and um, art therapy and and the ceramics projects involved with that was making a surrealism sculpture because surrealists use games yeah so and to increase creativity and then also playing with materials uh, so they have a project that's half ceramic half bound material okay. so that's what that, that unit's about so yeah i mean you kind of hit yeah. i feel like you i don't know took out a water gun and just squirted me right between the eyes yeah. like, <laughs> oh my gosh because i i'm thinking about the assignments that i uh assigned this week and that i am planning on assigning in the next couple weeks which i think they're all important and i think they also are playful and fun but if i can just take that step back and in my recorded message that i intro the lessons with if i mm -hmm. can concrete add in this why are we doing this what does right. this mean all of a sudden it mm -hmm. becomes much more relevant to them as opposed to like you right. said that busy work cool thank yeah, you yeah so i for think that. that's super important yeah i think I, I've been really excited about it. I, to be honest, beginning of the school year, I was feeling like pretty burned out with the number of school, like the number of students. But this one class that I took at Eastern Illinois, it's all online. I was like, this is a game changer. This is going to totally change it. It even taught me how to like grade um, based on essential understandings. I don't know. It was great. It was such a good class. Uh, I actually just the, one of my last interview, um, I was talking with uh, Mike Tilson from Northern California, and he was taking classes. At, he's getting his master's from the art of the education and uh, oh, yeah. the, the online university. And he was saying the same thing, how he is taking these classes and it's forced him to rethink what he's been doing. And it hasn't like reinvented everything, but it right. has really um made him pause and kind of fine-tune some things and it has reinvigorated his joy for teaching um yeah. and i think that that's what is so important i see teachers that never take a class that never do professional development and do the same thing for their entire career and as artists right. i just can't i can't imagine that any of us as art teachers would ever do that yeah <laughs> so could yeah. you hear I just want to mention, I want to ask you a question. Have you been using Screencastify? Oh, yeah. To, okay, yeah. Okay. Definitely. I just want to make sure. So I do a yeah. couple different things. I, I just, you know, shoot a video myself through QuickTime, you know, using mm -hmm. my laptop. And, and I've been having casual conversations with the students. Uh, I've, I've done a couple, not daily, but almost every other day, because I want the students to see my face. And I think that they get a lot of uh, their sense of calm or their sense of normalcy from seeing the people they've been used to seeing. So right. I've used that for just quick conversation. Um, mm -hmm. I have a document camera. So when I'm doing any kind of artwork uh, that's looking straight down, I use my document camera for that. But then right. anything on my computer, of course, I go Screencastify. The only thing is that the free um, Screencastify is only five minutes. Oh, so you have nice. to be very specific with what you say. <laughs> or Our you district. Our district, that's an expectation that we use Screencastify. So our district paid for all of us to have the unlimited. So it that's helps. awesome. I think and then it also, there. yeah, and then it has the opportunity and the Screencastify, you can show yourself. So you can make the, it films you at the same time. And it puts so like can, down in the corner, right? You can yeah, show your screen or, or you. Yeah, or you can make it big. Yeah. Oh, great. Both. Yeah. And I, I do say, uh, I with Screencastify, I like how it is streamless, seamless with Google. So it just saves right to your Google Drive. It's really in, then it plugs right into uh, Google Classroom. Google Classroom. Yeah, yep, so that nice. is right. 
Mm-hmm. Um, do you have any lesson ideas, like specific, we talked about your big ideas, which are awesome because I think that plants a lot of seeds uh, in, a, in the listeners' brains as far as like maybe some directions to head in. But what about concrete lesson ideas? Do you have anything that we can walk away with? Well, I think that we've all been on Instagram a lot and seeing yeah. a lot of things. Like okay. I think honestly on Wednesday, cause this first week I just wanted, I'm going to do like that found object color wheel thing that we've been seeing. Cause I figure like that'll get, at least get them used to finding things in their environment for the next lesson. Yeah. So to within the big ideas, there are little projects that they're going to have to do. So one of them is they have to take pictures of things that are mundane that they feel are beautiful and they have to explain why. Mm-hmm. So they have to do 10 photos of mundane objects that they find beautiful and why they have to explain. Um, and then, and then they're going to have to sketch it with detail and I'm going to be teaching them how to sketch because they don't have clay. So I'm going to have to, you know, sketching has is involved with, with ceramics too. It's just as important. Absolutely. So, so they're going to be sketching that. And then the other part is I'm going to have them do a sculpture using trash because of that. Mm -hmm. And then I wish I did a Google form to ask my students if they had paper plates, bowls, or cups, because I wanted them to use Sharpie and then do like beautiful nature was going to be the second part of beauty, like finding beauty in nature and then use the Sharpies to draw on the paper plate cup and bowl. So then that way, if we ever got back to the studio, that could be their sketch. They're like their real life sketch for what they do on the clay projects. Absolutely. And it keeps it in the theme of ceramics and looking at our usable vessels. Right. Because drawing on, something flat is totally different than drawing on something 3d yeah uh but unfortunately i don't think my students have those materials i know they can't go out to get them so they can't i don't know we'll figure it out i'm gonna i'm why can't they make paper i'm gonna look up like origami paper i don't know maybe they can make a cup out of paper there's tons of origami yeah um, setting out of origami there's like cups and bowls there's yeah so yeah so that's probably what i'm gonna do i'm gonna have them make origami paper ones because I called up my school and I was like, Hey, my kids don't even have white paper. Like, how am I going to do anything? And they were like, okay, okay, we'll set up a table. They can come in and they have to come in and out and just get a little bit of white paper. And you have to let them know that it's an office. And so I did that. So hopefully they got some. Okay. (laughs) The other thing that I was, uh, I've seen a ton of toilet paper roll sculptures, you know, all those, those. but that could be something like taking a a two toilet paper rolls and taping them together and creating Mm -hmm. a larger, you know, cup form out of toilet paper rolls. Cause it's very topical right now and kind of almost comedic in a way. Yeah, for sure. This like, you know, um, drama over the toilet paper in our society right now so yeah my students hoard those i said uh just fair warning in two weeks you're gonna need at least one toilet paper roll i figured that's yeah (laughs) yeah and you know that relates that's what's so cool about using big ideas when you're designing curriculum you can come up with a million things that activities that you could do with one subject and that's the whole point of um doing big ideas because i plan on uh, sharing artists that I don't know yet because I haven't done the research, but you know, mundane things because I know they're out there. Right. Absolutely. And I like how you shared like the steps that go through it. So, you know, find the mundane objects and take a picture of them and now explain why you chose them and now sketch them and now sculpt them. And then Mm -hmm. I'm sure there's, is there a reflection piece at the end of all of it? Absolutely. 
Yeah. Like explaining why is beautiful, why is beautiful art important? Like why do, why do artists create beautiful artwork, Mm -hmm. you know, and those type of big questions that they have to reflect on. And maybe then going out and finding the artist, maybe they find the artist, not you, of somebody Mm -hmm. that they think is beautiful and then defending that as well. Right, Um, exactly. That's so great. Uh, Another thing I wanted to talk to you about was your AP 3D class, because I know you have a pretty healthy AP 3D class. um, Mm -hmm. And now with this online situation, I know that the College Board has revised um, some subjects and what they're doing. Have you heard any word? And what how is your approach to these students for the rest of the year? So I just I yesterday I posted on Facebook and I got some responses, but I finally realized that instead of the five um, concentration quality pieces, they're only requiring three. Okay. And then instead of 15 images for the sustained investigation, they're only requiring 10. And this is a revision so, since we've had this whole COVID-19. Yeah, thing. it's okay. for COVID. And then they uh, extended the deadline for the portfolios to like May 27th. I can't tell you exactly the day that it was before. I don't know what the extension was, but they did give a time extension. Okay, great. And so um, what are you doing with your students now to support them as they build that portfolio? Well, to be honest, at this point, I'm doing one-on-one meetings with them to really realistically look at what they've made to it so far and to to see if it's actually an option because AP has also said that they'll give free refunds for the test without, um, without penalty. Okay. And in my class at my school, there's no like, you don't have to take a test to be in the AP class. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm going to, I might, I'm probably going to re- recommend some of the students to just not take the test. Like, okay. because I knew that they were procrastinating to the, oh, you know, to be honest, it's a lot of my potters, yeah. you know, the pottery kids, because the pottery kids have been working on their technique. Yeah. Their craft. Yeah. Their craft that they don't have any polished finished work yet because gotcha. we've been focusing on getting their technical skills up because how with many making of- pottery, that's the main thing towards the end. Yeah. How many of your students have pieces either waiting to be fired or fired or sitting at school that they either haven't picked, photographed or no, oh, a none? Lot. Oh, a lot. <laughs> no, a lot. Yeah. Oh. I mean, I have a, I have a bisque kiln that's totally full and there's this huge piece that my one of my students are working on that he's cut out a huge piece it's three and a half feet tall it's just sitting there in the kiln uh, right now (laughs) waiting to be this yeah so it's um luckily on friday before we went on to break i had my fifth period and it was right before lunch and i just i had that hunch i started hearing that other schools were closing yep and i was like ap students grab clay you can take whatever clay you want you can take whatever tools you want so luckily some of my ap students did get some clay oh that's great um and they could still submit pictures of that right um right yeah they can be in progress progress Yeah. yeah Yeah, I can be unfired. Okay. Um, and so we're just going to work with it. I mean, I know which students we can still pull off and which ones won't. And okay. I'm just going to have to have that frank conversation with them. Like, sorry, <laughs> but I still want you. I'm going to, my thing is we have to get creative, but I can only get creative talking one-on-one with them. Right. Like, okay, I know that this is what you were focusing on. So for example, one of my students was making dinnerware sets and doing a lot of ombre, like glazing on it and like experimenting with that. Well, I'm like, well, okay, how can you get an ombre type of effect on different materials? Mm-hmm. You know, like that's not clay. 
So I'm going to have to just creatively have a conversation with them and brainstorm what we can do. Yeah, because at this point, I mean, it is AP 3D. It's not AP ceramics. So right, exactly. it really could be uh, a part mm-hmm. of their process and it could show, um, it almost might show a stronger portfolio if they have taken a concept and, and taken it in a different direction because of the challenges of this shutdown. Um, right. It could be part of it as well. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Well, good luck with that. <laughs> I, I, that was one of the, the big things at my school. Every AP teacher was just like freaking out. So not specific to the arts, but just across the board because of, you know, the, the rigor that's involved in an AP class. So wanting to make sure that we set our students up for the best success. Right. Okay. Exactly. So um, as we near the end, let's get to some fun stuff. So I know you're a maker. Uh, Uh Now that you have this free time-ish, I guess we don't really have free time, but (laughs) it feels different when we're home, right? Even though I have a lot of work to do and schoolwork to do and checking in with students, I still look, I look at my wheel in my studio every day and I'm like, I am going to sit with you soon. So what Mm -hmm. are you doing with your free time that you have? Well, uh, on Friday, when I knew that possibly we weren't coming back, I hopped on the wheel really fast and made uh, five or six cups. Good. Um, and my cups, I, I do a lot of decoration on them. So yeah. it takes me a lot of time to work on them. So I was like, you know what, let me just make a few and then I'll trim or whatever. Well, I have a wheel at my house back. I'm, I'm visiting my parents here in Arizona yeah. um, while I'm doing it. And I had a wheel at home and I was like, man, I should have grabbed it. I was so frustrated at myself. <laughs> But my mom and I actually started ceramics at the same time. And here in Arizona, it's a really small town. She started taking classes at a local community center. And Arizona is like a week behind with the whole virus thing. So they were still out doing stuff. (laughs) Crazy. (laughs) So we talked to her and I was like, hey, can I rent a wheel? So I was able to rent a wheel from this local studio. Oh, that's and so great. I have it in a garage and I've been making cups. I've been making cups and then carving on them and decorating them. And, it, you know, and I'm going to be honest, it's kind of, it's really nice because I have some coffee shops and I actually ran out of cups like recently. So I've been really dying because I haven't been able to have time to make. So I feel so good, good <laughs> to be yes. able to make some cups and make stuff. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, I, I feel like, you know, being home is hard and it's different, but I also feel mm-hmm. like it's it's a certain opportunity for us to take a step back and also heal a little bit, like make some art, read some mm-hmm. poetry, look at the people that we love, you know, turn yeah. the TV off, maybe get a little jog on the treadmill and like any of those things, just slowing down our life a little bit is giving us maybe a, a recharge in a way to kind of look back at the things we have to do with a different eye. At least that's yeah. how I've been feeling. Yeah, for sure. I think that it was a little bit jarring for me because when we're teaching, we're so structured with our schedule. Absolutely. I mean, like every hour there's something to, like you wake up, like I have a schedule. I wake up, I brush my teeth. I make myself something to eat. I have a grab of coffee. I walk my dog and I leave for work. So it was hard at first with all this freedom. And I just have really, it's hard to have because with all the thing going on, you have to have structure, but you also have to have this flexibility. And I'm still, to be honest, trying to work with it. I'm trying to go for a walk in the morning, have my coffee, and then start my open office hours. Yeah. So that's how it's going so far. So we'll see. Good. You're (laughs) trying to two day three yeah yeah exactly i'm still starting and then at three o'clock i'm t- i tell my parents okay you can be loud 
Oh, have <laughs> <I'm>, fun. <laughs> it's, it's time to have fun. I'm not going to worry about work. So, okay. uh, yeah. <laughs> Good for you. All right. So uh, one little last thing. I want to give you a chance to uh, let us find you online because I, I have personally gone to your website and found plenty of resources. I love that you're a teacher that loves to share. So if you want to give us your website, social media, wherever we can go to find you, Isabel, that would be awesome. Okay. So the first place is um, testinceramics.com. Um, and that is basically um, where I, all of my units are. It's kind of currently in flux because I'm changing all of my lessons to big ideas. So it's gotcha. kind of a mess on the website, but it'll, it's everything's still there. I even keep archives. So like even the old lessons that I've done that people like to still use, I throw it in there. So at least they still have access. Mm -hmm. So there's that. And then the Instagram is THS ceramics. Okay. And uh, so, yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much. It was great You're to welcome. catch up with you. I think you gave us a lot of really great big ideas that uh -huh. we can bring back into our classroom, but it was just a pleasure to spend some time with you this afternoon. Thank you. It was so much fun. You can tell that Isabel is a great teacher. I really like how she begins her lessons with a big idea that is important to her students' lives, like how do we find beauty? She said that she front loads the why we're actually doing this. If students believe what we are teaching them is important and it relates to their life, there's a better chance that they will check in. This big idea can provide the inspiration for assignments over several weeks that all relate. In this time of online learning, consistency is key for our kids. Thanks again for all your love and support for this podcast. This ceramic teacher community is amazing. I'm humbled by all of the sharing and encouragement that I see on Facebook, on Instagram, and in this podcast. If you'd like to help us out, head on over to Apple Podcasts or Spotify and subscribe. You can also write a review if you have time. You can head over to weteachclay.com to see photos of our guests. You can also get a hold of me, Julie, by emailing weteachclay at gmail.com. So with that, I bid you farewell. Stay healthy, friends, and keep connecting.